When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It is a Saturday night, late here on the East Coast. Not yet Sunday morning, are you? We are doing this early because it feels like all the important stuff has happened. We got not a shocking result because the favored team won, but we got a result that will shake up the college football playoff rankings. Utah 38, Oregon 7. That was a butt whooping in Salt Lake City. Well, first, before we jump into uh, the uh, new playoff discussion, I think that I wanted to say that the committee might have a unsolvable problem, which is oh. the unsolvable problem might be how do you keep the group of five out? And <laughs> if you actually want to know what the unsolvable problem was from that reporter that we were talking about the other day. This is the one who asked the, the very awkward question of C. Sarkeesian at Texas. Yes, what was his unsolvable problem? Because so, we we had several guesses. Uh, moving a dead body, you owe too much money to a bookie, <laughs> uh, solving world hunger, peace in the Middle East, and fixing Texas football. Yes, so the reporter said, in a former life, I used to be in IT and I used to write software. I work with a gentleman and I almost put his name in there. I'm so glad I didn't, but he's like the smartest guy I know. And we were working on a technical problem for two weeks we could not solve. And he finally said, in his wisdom, we must take a step back and ask, what would an extraordinary person do? Did it solve the problem? It's another cliffhanger, bud. I, I I don't know. I just like thought that our problems were that more is as boring as I that is as boring <laughs> as I imagined that to be. Because I it's also that, that, that it, it's not just boring, Andy. It's also you know bogged down with technical IT stuff that most people wouldn't understand. So he couldn't even explain it if he wanted to. It's just like just this is, some okay. boring IT. Somebody thing. sent me the link to that Texas Monthly story where they caught up with him and, and asked him for the backstory and the question. And I purposely didn't click the link because I knew the reason and the unsolvable problem was going to be so boring that I would stop caring. And that's exactly what know. happened. I had to know. And, and now we, now everyone knows and we can, we can get back to the issue at hand because now you say the playoff committee has an unsolvable problem. I don't think it's a problem for them. I don't think the members of the committee care one way or the other whether they let a, a group of five team in or not. And I think they're going to bump yeah. Cincinnati up to number four because Cincinnati beat the snot out of SMU, an eight-win SMU team. And I think they're going to be just fine with that. Yeah, and it's like actually in a world where, and I didn't know that we would get to this point, but you know, before the season we talked about all the things that needed to happen for Cincinnati in order to get in, and all those things happened. But more happened because enough happened where Cincinnati is – unquestionably the fourth best candidate as we stand here right now with two of the candidates ranked above them currently still having to play. So there is definitely a scenario where if you believe that Georgia will beat Alabama when they play, which I do. And I think you do that. I think Vegas Cincinnati will Cincinnati will be the third team in, and you could see a potential matchup with Ohio State and Cincinnati in the semifinal, which would be an interesting discussion. But like, I don't think we're going to be sweating whether or not a group of five team is going to get into the playoff this year. I think we're going to be figuring out who the four team is if Georgia wins that SEC championship. Well, and here's the thing: we we are assuming chalk. We're assuming Cincinnati is going to going to win out uh, and and beat Houston in the in the American Championship game. They're they're at East Carolina next week. I I don't think they're going to have a problem with that game, but. I do think Houston could give them some problems. So I don't think it's a given that they win out, but I do think if they're undefeated, they're going to make the playoff. Yeah. You know, and I thought I would have, I thought that it would have been really, really hard for them to do it as recently as two weeks ago, but Oregon got dismantled. I mean, they got their doors blown off. So, I mean, that, I, and, there's no better the, beneficiary the, the way, than Cincinnati for that. The the way Utah crushed Oregon leaves no doubt. Utah physically dominated Oregon. And, and the thing that was keeping Oregon up was the win against Ohio State, which, look, Oregon looked amazing in Columbus on September 11th. 
but they just got dominated by Utah. And whether they beat Utah in the Pac-12 championship game or not doesn't really matter at this point. They're, they're, they're done. The Pac-12 is done. The Pac-12 will be out of the playoff again. They have not made the playoffs since the 2016 season when Washington made it. So, you know, if you're the Pac-12, you sh- you, you need to fast-track playoff expansion, which you should have been trying to do already. And I know George Klyavkov, when he got in, said it's a priority. And then the Alliance decided to, to hold things up. And now, lo and behold, Ari, the members of the Alliance are like, oh, crap, we do need to expand this thing to 12 pretty quick. Yeah. So now I think the most interesting discussion is if Alabama beats Georgia, that's when things get most interesting, you know, for the, for just yes. for the sake of the playoff discussion, let's just say that Alabama beats Georgia in a close game. I think we can safely assume that those two will be in. And I think we also can safely assume that whoever wins the Ohio state Michigan game will be in, in too, or right, unless they lose to Wisconsin, which and I then, don't think is going to happen. You know, that's, that's a, if that happens, then chaos and, and whatever, but I'm trying to be reasonable. So, if Cincinnati at the end of the year is undefeated and the AAC champ and Oklahoma State or Oklahoma is a one-loss Big 12 champion and they're being compared head-to-head, I know the committee does not love Oklahoma. I wonder what the committee will do with Oklahoma State this week. As we're recording this, they are beating Texas Tech 23 to nothing, and I think that Texas Tech might have one first down in the entire game. So the defense has been playing really, really well. well they did just um, make a first down, but I think they, they, they almost just threw an interception. I was too. just so, being dramatic. Yes, I was just State's being dramatic. Is, yeah, yeah Oklahoma, State, Oklahoma State's defense is awesome. Let's And, and Ari and I, Ari, you and I talked, we, we had a, a live room on the Athletic app where we talked to a lot of our, our subscribers, and we did get a question about, that big 12 title game. And remember it could be Oklahoma state Baylor. It could be Oklahoma state, Oklahoma. It just depends on, on the results next week. Uh, it also could be Oklahoma Baylor depending on the results next week. So we'll, we'll find out, but let's say if it's Oklahoma state, which the committee definitely seems to like them better than they like Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma round two or Oklahoma state Baylor. I don't think it matters to the committee. I think, I, I think, a win against either one of those two in the Big 12 championship game is going to look just as good one way or the other. I think they're the same. I think they're the same. Yeah. And I think that, you know, looking at uh, Oklahoma will always be a sexier version of what other teams will be viewed as in that conference just because of what they've accomplished, the reputation of Lincoln Riley and the offensive firepower that it it supposedly has. Um, But it's going to be a very interesting discussion if the Big 12 champion regardless of who it is, is a one-loss champ. And I just honestly don't know if Cincinnati is undefeated who they would put in, Andy. I just I just don't. And I'm not going to pretend to know. No. And and 11-1 and one Notre Dame, I know I, I got on a radio show, and I'm feeling very bad about this, a, a radio show in, on, on VEASAN, the Vegas Sports Information Network. I would say it was about four or five weeks ago, and they asked, what are the chances of an 11-1 Notre Dame making the playoff? I said 0%. But now? If some weirdness happens in the Big 12, Notre Dame keeps winning, Georgia beats Alabama, Cincinnati's undefeated. I mean, who I guess else it's do you got there? Who else do you there. have there? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know who else you, who's the uh, is there another candidate there that you would even like assuming all the things that you said happened. Like we're running it would be it, Georgia the Big 10 champ, Cincinnati, and Notre Dame. I think Okay, so who would go Notre Dame with one loss or Bama with two? I think that might be the scenario where Bama gets in with two losses. <laughs> wow. That is the ultimate just troll job, though. The, the, the troll question of the year. One loss Notre Dame or two loss Alabama. Both teams that everybody who doesn't love those teams loves to hate. And thinks gets and, and and everybody thinks they get preferential treatment because you know the, what the committee is going to do in that. Like if you're, I don't think your scenario is going to happen. But if it were to no, happen, I don't think so either, but. if it were to happen, the committee would pick Alabama. I think because they would just know Alabama is a better football team. They'd say who would win the game if they played. That's what they'd say. And I think everybody would agree that that would be Bama. And it's year. and it's funny because you'd have people like, I can't believe they put Alabama in, but I'm glad they put them in over Notre Dame. Yeah, and then at the end of the road, people you're going to go nuts to, either yeah. way. It's so funny because everybody was freaking out about the uh, the quote from 
the Tuesday show where Gary, Gary Barta said uh, set aside watching games. But can I ask you a question with a straight face? If we Please actually do. set aside watching games, would we not have the same top three? Hmm. If we didn't actually watch any of the games. I'm just oh, saying, well, like, if well, you okay. use, like, stats and, and reputation and recruiting classes and all the things that people resent being used in the discussion and you took away watching the physical games or who won the games and you just basically tried to figure out which teams you think are the best based on what you know about them, you would arrive at the same top three that we arrived at by playing the games. Probably. You're, you're probably right. And, and let's, Georgia, let's, Alabama, and Ohio State. It's not even a discussion. Yeah. And, and let's, let's ask this question. Ari, because I'm curious how you how you look at this. Given what we saw from Ohio State, where Ohio State beat Michigan State essentially the same way Georgia beat Charleston Southern. And I realize Georgia could have scored 100 on Charleston Southern if they were. It was like they to. were competing touchdown for touchdown today. Right, right. But except Ohio State was playing a one-loss team that is ranked in the top 10. Yeah. And it was that was as impressive a win as we've seen this season. Do you think Ohio State will be number two on Tuesday. Now, I know it doesn't matter. I know it'll all play itself out. And number two and number three, the only difference is jersey color in, in the playoff. Yeah. But do you think Ohio State jumps to number two off this, I do. Off this win? I do. And can I like just take a victory, I don't know, lap? Just how about a victory circle? When we did discuss sure. the on Friday which games might get kind of weird and which will be like the oh-no moment, I right. pegged Arkansas-Alabama in that game, and there was a uh, Arkansas had the ball in that game down six in the fourth quarter. So like they were they, they were did. they were there. I don't know if I if you would consider me being right, but I think I was closer than all the other oh no moments that we kind of well. If you bet on Arkansas and and took the points, you won. Yeah. So I mean, the, Arkansas was what a twenty and a half point underdog in that game. Yeah, ended up losing by by seven or was it or eight or but yeah i mean that can i say something that's the thing just and i'm gonna be controversial and like i don't know if by this all is gonna means annoy please you. be controversial give us I don't know give if us some controversy you. to to if chew I'm, on ari if i'm annoying you then just tell me but Never. like is michigan state good like can we just drop the crap now okay see i think you're you're mixing up your adjectives yes michigan state is good is michigan state great no I know, but we had to pretend that they were maybe great for the past two months, and I think everybody knew that they weren't great. Well, they did beat Michigan, which looked nice. Are we going to talk ourselves into Michigan having a chance against Ohio State? Maybe, I guess. I mean, that's what podcasts are for, right? Are you I mean, going to talk yourself? That's I, that's what I want. I I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think my opinion matters on this. I want to know, are you going to talk yourself this week into Michigan having a chance against Ohio State? I think Michigan's defensive line is really good. It's a rivalry game. It's on the road, and Jim Harbaugh is desperate. So, like, I guess I could say yes, but, like, I think Ohio State is every bit as better as Michigan as they are to Michigan State. Like, I, they're, I've been saying all year that Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan are indistinguishable, and I don't know that that's not true. And, like, I know that, like, my job and our job is to put out a podcast where we discuss college football uh, playoff recruiting or playoff. <laughs> sorry about recruiting. It's programmed in my brain. Playoff discussion <laughs> discourse. But I tweeted this Rankings and then I deleted hard. it. But I want to say it to you. I think all okay. college football playoff discourse is in October and early November is pretending average teams that everybody knows is average or are average are great until they ultimately lose in the same three or four teams that everybody knows is built to win it all. Get in. Okay. And, and in a few years, we're going to be talking about those teams as teams that were, are going to make the playoff and they aren't going to win the national title, but they may be able to win a game in the playoff and that'll be fun. But at any point cool. in time in, in the last month, and like I know the thing that fans hate hearing the most is who do you feel is the best or who do you think is the best or what do you feel in your heart is the best. But at any point in the last month, did you believe that Michigan State was one of the four best teams in college football? Did it ever occur no. to you that that was the case? And No. And that's – so like today, as Ohio State's hanging 50 points on them in a half, it's like they're going to get a bunch of credit – all the credit in the world for beating a team that's ranked in the top 10 by 50 and a half and then putting their backups in. But it's just like, did we really learn anything today? 
Like, honestly, did we really learn anything? Maybe that Ohio State's playing better than they had been playing, but it's not yeah, th- revelatory that, that Ohio, Ohio State's State better. Impro- we learned that Ohio State has improved as the year has gone on. I feel more confident that if Ohio State were to wind up playing Georgia in the playoff, that they could score on them. And but I a don't month think ago, there's a lot of even, teams that could. If I would have asked you after the Nebraska game, when Ohio State struggled with Nebraska, gun to head, if you had to pick one team in college football or two teams in college football that would have the most likelihood of beating Georgia, you would have said Ohio State and Bama, even after they were struggling. Like, I just find this to be, I find this to be not revelatory at all. I find it to be obvious and in, in kind of just confirmation that, of what everybody already you knew. Are You understand that the teams that put together the, the best recruiting classes year after year after year have a nearly insurmountable advantage on the other teams. Yeah. And I I firmly believe that most college football fans want to believe in their hearts that if the guys are gritty enough and they play hard enough, then they have a chance. But the fact of the matter is they usually don't. And when they do have a chance, it's in a game that lacks meaning where the other team is sleepwalking. Like Ohio State went into this game viewing it as a play-in game to the playoff. Uh, that's not the time when a Michigan State would beat an Ohio State. And I know, granted, right. and, it has and, happened. And, and, in 15, and notice, happened. we're not talking about this with, with Oregon because Oregon is bringing in those kind of players. So when they beat Ohio State, okay. Yeah, and Oregon is still a step below Ohio State despite from a talent standpoint, despite winning, but they're also a step ahead of Michigan and Michigan State. So, right. like it was less surprising and Ohio state was a dumpster fire and anybody who watched that game in the beginning of the year knew that it wasn't Oregon being great. It was Ohio state being a disaster. And then once they fixed everything up with their defense and, and switched up some personnel and changed their defensive scheme and started playing like they they're playing now, like if they played Oregon tomorrow, they'd win by 50 and everybody knows that. And it sounds like I'm just being like a simplistic recruiting asshole. And maybe I am, but it's just like, it is what it is. And like, at a Can certain get that point, stitched into a pillow for you, or, or get a T-shirt or a hat made. Stars matter, asshole. Yeah, <laughs> stars matter, that, comma. Yeah, and it's just like maybe I'm just disappointed because like you do like as media members and as people who have a, a podcast that is, is designed to entertain people, like you want to have the most entertaining new outcomes because it gives us something new to talk about. It's something well, exciting are, to look forward in, to. We're infotaining people, Ari. It's our job to inform them and entertain them. And I feel like we entertain them when we try to come up with unsolvable problems that are more interesting than that guy's actual unsolvable problem. I mean, you're but a podcasting juggernaut. To, we're all, we are podcasting. We are what I like to, well, they, our listeners are what I like to call listening juggernauts. So a team of listening juggernauts to be exact, but we're, our job is to also make them better informed college football fans. And if we tell them kind of what's going to happen, I think that's part of our job too, because so, we need yeah. to be realistic about what's going to happen. What's going to happen now is when we come back, we're going to talk not about the teams that might make the playoff, but about some teams that are definitely not going to make the playoff. One is definitely not playing in a bowl game and one might not be playing in a bowl game. And what the hell do you do now? We'll be right back after these words. Ari, we talked about the teams that might make the playoff. We got to talk about the ones that are not going to make the playoff and maybe not even make a bowl. Let's start in Columbia, Missouri, not with the Missouri Tigers who are going to a bowl game, but with the team that they vanquished on Saturday, the Florida Gators, 24-23, 24-23, Eli Drinkwitz goes for two in the first overtime. Connor Bazelak falling down, completes a pass to win the game. And Ari, is that it for Dan Mullen at Florida? They're, they're playing for bowl eligibility against an improving Florida State team next week. But I, I, I don't know if that even matters at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, does beating Florida State help you feel a little bit better going into the offseason if you're a Florida fan? I don't know. Especially because Florida State's improved. Yes, Florida State's gotten better as the as the season's gone on. The, and there's weirdness going on with Florida. I asked Dan Mullen after the game, did he ever consider going to Anthony Richardson at quarterback because they had only scored one touchdown in regulation against a, a team that gave up 36 points a game. Uh, he said he, he hadn't because Richardson had been hurt during the, the, the week's practice. It's not something... 
anybody had talked about, by the way, that, that he'd been hurt. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what what the story is on that. But Anthony Richardson then uh, changes his Twitter profile. For a moment, he takes off University of Florida quarterback, uh, changes the banner, changes the header, changes the the, the photo, and it looked like he kind of stripped it. He, he throws up a Bible verse. Um, I, I don't know. It, it feels like this this is it for Dan Mullen and and. You know, I think the way he handled the quarterback situation is is part of it too, because I think anybody with eyes who saw the team play this year was like, "Why is Anthony Richardson not playing more?" And the only time he started him is against Georgia, where Georgia has made every quarterback it's played look bad. So you can't really go on that. A month ago, some reporter asked Richardson after the game if he's going to basically said, "Are you going to leave Florida if things don't go the right way?" And at that point, it was kind of a funny question because we just assumed that Richardson was going to get his run because, I mean, you were really high on him. Maybe you still are high on him about, like, his ability or potential. And it's like oh, after, the, after, the, after the season was kind of lost a little bit, you know, you think that would be the time to let him run a little bit, let him develop and, and kind of, you know, hang your hat on a future. And, you know, ever since that point where they went back to Emory Jones when things weren't working – it kind of just felt like this was an inevitability. So, I mean, losing the quarterback with potential on your roster is one thing, but the coach, you know, I, I don't – we went from things are going to get weird if they lose the LSU game to completely going off the rails. So if things were going to get weird yeah. after the LSU loss, I mean, what are we talking about now? I mean, they lost to Mizzou. Uh, they gave up over 50 points to, to Sanford. Uh, I mean – they you, lost everybody South knows it. They by, lost to South Carolina by, by 500. Like, I don't know. Okay. You know, it's just like you, you, you have to put yourself in a position where it's just like, are you able to say this is a lost season? Everybody gets one. Or does each passing week make it worse? It's like it's either one thing that's constant. Is, yeah, the weirdness of it makes it worse. And the other issue is you've got a recruiting problem. That is clear. You've got a roster problem that is clear. And I don't I don't know what you do to fix that right now because they're not going to suddenly start flipping a bunch of high, you know, highly ranked recruits in the class of 2022. They're, they're not going to have a very good class if Dan Mullen's still the head coach. And probably if they make a change, they probably won't have a very good class. There's not enough time so to are they change rely course on the transfer now. portal. Yeah. Yeah. If are they going to rely on the transfer portal completely? Maybe. I I mean that that's the thing. And the other question is, if you do move on from Dan Mullen, where do you go? Because it's not an obvious thing. You, and you've got USC open. You've got LSU open. I would argue that both those jobs have an easier path to what you want. And, and then all, the, all three of those places want the same things. They want to make the playoff. They want to compete for national titles, that sort of thing. But at USC and, and LSU feel like the path is easier there, even, even though LSU is in the, in the West. You look at it, the last three coaches there have won national titles. You know, Florida, the last three coaches, if Dan Mullen doesn't wind up being the coach in 2022, the last three coaches will have gotten fired with no Florida's national a, titles. Florida's and no a SEC much harder titles. job than LSU. I would agree. I would agree with that. Does so, anybody not agree with that? I think Florida fans, There's a, you, you'll hear a lot. If the job opens, you will hear people say, and you may even hear you know, the athletic director, Scott Strickland, say it. This is Florida. That's what you're going to hear. As in that that means something like that. That's it, it's a place that people would just crawl to. That's not true. Now they do pay the current coach seven and a half million dollars, so somebody will take it. Somebody pretty good will take the job. Guarantee you that. But it's not a slam dunk, especially with the other jobs that are open. Like if you're Mark Stoops, and I here here's the thing. You and I have said many, many times, Mark Stoops, stay at Kentucky. Take, talk to whoever is going to talk to you that take the raise to stay at Kentucky. But I don't know that he wants to do that. Maybe he wants to go to a place where winning a national title is really possible. So could that, that, that could be LSU. That could be Florida. Which one would you pick if you're Mark Stoops? LSU. I think, I think that's pretty logical. That's a pretty logical choice. So... You know, that, that's the issue that, that they're going to run into. But here's the the other issue. But it's still and, a top five job, no matter what happens, no matter who's open, 
Like, is it? I don't know if a top five job in America, but there's no way it won't be a top three job opening. Correct. That's correct. Uh, very uh, short of like Nick Saban retiring or Kirby Smart. Because like, like what deciding he wants to go to the NFL or something. Yeah, Penn State is open potentially. Just I'm just trying if to think about leaves, games yeah. that would or places well, that could. He might take be Florida. <laughs> but yeah, the yeah, question yeah. is, how would the Florida people feel about James Franklin right now? Probably would be excited about it because he would have a recruiting oriented press conference. He absolutely would. And and that's the thing. Whoever Florida hires, if you're going to make a mistake, and I, I realize it's sort of falling into the trap of, of hire the opposite of what you hired last time. I don't even think that's, that's not the issue. The issue is understand what the expectations are at your place. If you're, if you're the AD and understand the type of people who meet those expectations. And if you're at Florida, you have to recruit better and well enough to compete for national titles. And you have to have your head coach be your most aggressive recruiter because that is how that works in the SEC. Kirby Smart is Georgia's best recruiter. Nick Saban is Alabama's best recruiter. When when Ed Orgeron was at LSU, I know he's he's a lame duck at this point, but he was LSU's best recruiter and they won a national title. So that's what that that has to be. And I, I would, if I were advising Scott Strickland right now, I would advise him to go find that leaked audio of Kirby Smart talking to Georgia's team at halftime of the world's largest outdoor cocktail party this year. Did you hear that audio? Yeah, I did. Sorry? Yeah, where he said, I want to physically break them. Like, there were a lot of F words in there too. But that's well, what you're up against. That's what you're up against. Every day. That is who you have to beat. And every day. I realize people I'm, understand it isn't just once a year in Jacksonville. It's yes, every single every day. day. Yep. And and it, that man wakes up thinking, how do I kick the Gators ass today? And he's kicking the Gators ass worse on every other day than that one day a year. Right. So they've got to hire someone. And I, I realize I'm oversimplifying by bringing by making it all about Georgia, but that's really what it is. It's sort of how everybody in the West makes it all about Alabama. And everybody in the Big Ten East makes it about Ohio State. Whoever Florida hires, every waking thought has to be, how do I find a way to kick Georgia's ass today? Every single waking thought has to be that. And it's and, all, and that's, yeah. That means you're not going to hire someone who's warm and fuzzy you're not probably not going to hire someone who's normal. Like it's hard to be normal and, and work like that. Yeah. Well, also on top of what you just said, you need to find somebody who understands that you can't beat Georgia in Jacksonville. If you don't beat them every other time, or yes, at least be you, competitive if, with them. 50, 50, all the other months of the year, they got to beat right, Georgia right. If, if, in June. They got to beat Georgia in July. They've got to beat Georgia in April. And if they, they yes. they're not going to beat Georgia 100% of the time because nobody's beating Georgia 100% of the time. Georgia's no, and it, recruiting but you also juggernaut. have to beat Alabama. Yeah. And you have to beat Oregon. And you have to beat whoever USC hires and whoever LSU hires. You, you have to beat all of those guys every once in a while. Like the last time Florida won national titles, who were the best players? Brandon Spikes, Tim Tebow, Percy Harvin, all players they, that everyone wanted who oh. chose Florida. Were they good high school players, those guys? They were kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of good. As uh, what, what was Larry Davis say? Pretty, 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 pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it sounds, I realize it sounds simplistic and it sounds. It's funny that you have to explain in, to Florida fans or some Florida fans. I don't what think we're I talking have to explain about. it to the fans. I'm not sure. It's the administration, I think, that needs to understand. I that. don't think that anybody affiliated with Florida, the team that signed two of the greatest recruiting classes ever assembled in the history of the thing in 2006 and 7 and 8, those classes were absurd. What What do the people think happened? Like, what, is the, what does the administration think happened? What does anybody affiliated with the program tangentially in any single way think about the history of that program? How did that happen? Because Urban Meyer is some sort of X's and O's genius. I think you could say the case that he's not at all. But that that's the thing. That's that's their challenge is finding someone 
who can do that when there's not an obvious person out there, when you may have to project. You may have to project somebody how someone will come from a different level to do that. Or you may have to project how someone who's a coordinator who's currently recruiting like that will act as a head coach. Do you think that, is that not, James Franklin is like the best candidate for them? Is he? I don't know. I have such mixed I don't, feelings I didn't say about he him. was. No, I was asking you like, if you did. No, I think Lane Kiffin's the best candidate oh, for yeah, them, but I no. don't think they're going to hire Lane Kiffin. And I don't know that Lane Kiffin would take the job. I would love that. <laughs> I think everybody would. Oh, well, Lane Kiffin wears a visor and, and says snarky things, and, and you know well, how let people me ask you, though, feel about people who do that. Just in the in the fairness of what we're talking about here, has Lane Kiffin signed a top 10 class in his career? Uh, he might have at USC. Yeah. He actually signed signed a fairly highly rated class at, at Tennessee the one year he was there. But if you if you study that class, it did not didn't work do, out. There was a lot well. of yeah. there were a lot of it took a lot of risks and, and they didn't pay off. Now because I think granted, that there's there was an assumption that Lane, change that Lane Kiffin took part in. There's an assumption, I think, and and probably a pretty reasonable one that Lane Kiffin would go to a certain place like Florida or USC that has the uh resources and geography available to it and just absolutely recruit gangbusters. He's an, he's a interesting personality who makes headlines and likes to have fun and throws his visor up in the air and tweets funny things. And everybody knows the, the shtick with Lane Kiffin. Are we 100% sure that he has proven himself as a recruiter in to the likes of which we would ex- expect him to have the chops to recruit at the level Florida would need? Is that a fair question? So the 2000, you, you want to hear the 2010 recruiting class? Yeah. It was ranked number three in the country. Was that at SC? It was at SC. It had one, two, three, four, five, five stars. And 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 had some talent that went down down the line. And, okay, and so I was wrong then. That, that contributed, yeah. So, yeah, Lane, can, Lane could recruit at USC. Uh, he was number three in 2011. Okay, so when given that the opportunity more... to recruit at a high level in a place that actually can do it, he's done it. Yeah, so it's doable because he's not lighting but... recruiting world on fire in Ole Miss. That's at Ole Miss, which is why I asked it. Right, right. Now they they get some, but they don't they don't get that type of class. And and Hugh Freeze got that type of class at Ole Miss, and and suddenly they got investigated. So. That's the that's the thing you got to wonder about with that. Ari, can I can I give you my my plan if Florida decides to make a change now? Yes. Rather than waiting till after the Florida State game. I'd love that. I don't know if they'd ever do this, but this is what I think they should do if they want to uh, at least score a couple points with the fan base. And, and and this could be an absolute disaster too. It could it could completely blow up in their face, but. I mean, you just lost to Missouri. You gave it 52 against Sanford. What, what's the difference? It's blown up in your face already. So if they decided to make a change, because some of you are going to be listening to this Sunday, and if something happens, something may have already happened by the time you're listening to this. If they're going to go a week with an interim, there is a guy in the offices there who's won a couple games as Florida's head coach. Make Steve Spurrier the interim for the Florida State game. That'd be awesome. Let him coach the Florida State game. Now, Billy Gonzalez can be the, the play caller. He's been in this offense forever. Let Steve Spurrier handle the press conference and, and all the, the hype stuff. Let him just be, let him be the hype man. Let him suggest things. He still knows a few ball plays. And let him coach against Florida State. Give him a chance to win his last game in the Swamp as Florida's coach. Because remember, he lost his last game in the Swamp as the Florida coach. He lost to Tennessee in 2001 in that 34-32 game where Travis Stevens went off and Florida Did had a two-point conversion Did he win his last game in, in the Swamp as South Carolina's coach? Not only did he win it, he got Will Muschamp fired in it. Well, that's a pretty good legacy. Yes. So that's the that, – that Let's spur your my, recruit my, for a few weeks. That's my one idea because honestly, I, I can't give them a ton of ideas for a new head coach because I don't really know of the people we're all talking about because USC and LSU are also open. Who realistically would take the job? 
I don't know. I but but it's here's their the job. There's if, a if lot you, of money in there to find that out, people, though. Oh yeah, but if you're interviewing people, if you're Scott Strickland, you're interviewing people, and you have even the slightest inkling that this person doesn't like to recruit, walk out of the room. It makes Move you on. unqualified for the job. Correct. Correct. If they don't come in there telling you exactly how they're going to lock down the best recruits in the country. I want to hear the whole strategy. How are you going to recruit? What areas? Yeah. How are you going to emphasize? What positions are most important? Who, who, what assistance are you going to hire? Yeah. Who's going to recruit where? I want all of it. How many hours a week do you think is reasonable to be expected to communicate with teenagers? I want to know everything. Yeah. No, I think you're right. All right. All right. We, we got to move on from Florida because there's another school where they are. They just made a coaching change. I don't think they're going to make another one. But the situation probably feels even more hopeless than Florida. The Texas Longhorns went to Morgantown and lost, as Vegas predicted they would. What do you do? They're not even going to make a bowl game. I sent you a text like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon saying, I'm not trying to be a snarky uh, psychopath here. But how far away are we from Sark hot seat discussions? Maybe you'll maybe the answer is two it, years, but is it going into next year? I, I think they're going to have to hit the portal very hard. This is going to be a rip it down to the studs kind of portal situation. And the fact that you have that plus seven that you can add this year in, in your recruiting class, I, I, I do think that they're going to have to use that in the portal and reshape the roster. Now they're going to need a Michigan state like performance in the portal. I don't think that it's, a, I don't think that that's an easy thing to do. I it think that's not. like a really difficult thing. Everybody to do. thinks it's easy. Not, it's definitely not. Florida state did it. They lost definitely not a position you want, you want to be in. You do not want to be in a situation no. where you feel like you have to rely on the portal to fill out your roster. I don't think there's anything else they can do though. Yeah. I don't know. I just they, they, you know, they need something to change. They're not going to change coaches. Something has to change, or they're just going to keep doing the same thing. I mean, Sark's the first guy that will say, "All gas, no brakes. It's built here. Let's ride." Well, it's not built like there, and if well, if you don't tap the brakes every once in a while, you run out of gas, and that's exactly what Texas did. Well, Texas may or may not have been built. They had enough talent on their roster to not lose five games in a row, two of which were to Kansas and uh, West Virginia in back-to-back weeks. I mean, there is, is something. Bad. There is, is something. There's just something that's a little bit if, like with Tom Herman. There were some head scratching things where you're just like, "What's going on here? What are these lo- like these weird losses?" But by and large, they they avoided really hitting rock bottom. Here, Ari, they feels- had the Ari, they had the lead in the fourth quarter of the game that would have put them in the Big Twelve Championship last season. Now they they gave up that lead in Iowa State won, but that's where they were last season. Last year they're was- not even going to go to a bowl game this season. Last year felt dysfunctional. This year feels broken. Yes, yes, and and now if you're Sark, you can just you you spin it and say, well, that's what I inherited. But the fact of the matter is Tom Herman coached these guys a lot better than Steve Sarkeesian has. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And that's why I asked the question, how much longer does Texas give them? We're, we're in the 2021 where coaches, where coaches get hired and fired much quicker than this. I, I came into the season, Andy, thinking we got to give Coach Sarkeesian the benefit of the doubt. He's coming from Alabama. He's an X's and O's genius. Uh, he knows how to run a program now better than he ever did before in some of the places that didn't go so well because he got to see what the secret sauce is in Tuscaloosa. And then he comes to uh, Texas. He takes a sputtering car that I thought he was going to fix up to make, you know, at least win the games they should and crashes it into the wall. It, it is amazing. I mean, think back to when they hung 70 on Texas Tech. We were we were on board. Could you imagine I mean, if I didn't denounce them? At that point. How miserable my life would be if I didn't let go? I, I do, but you had to let go. You had no other choice. What game was it that made me let go? 
Was it Oklahoma? It was Oklahoma. So I've let Which go. Which is amazing to me that it is actually that was Texas when you let go. Texas has not won a game since I let go. You're it's your fault. <laughs> You're the one who you gave up. It's Six sort of like straight what games. is it? If, what, what's the move? If you stop believing in whatever, then they die. That's that's what you're doing. Is that that movie? It. I don't think that's it. I I, I don't think. Oh, it I think is it is. If you about. don't, that's fair, the one where the it, clown crawls out of the sewer. I know, but like, I feel like the whole thing is that if you don't believe in the clown, the clown dies or something. Maybe not a big Maybe. sci-fi. I, I was guy. thinking more. There was a fairy tale kind of thing. Oh yeah, that one's just. Fun. Well, I feel like this is probably more of a horror story anyway. I I think you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back we will turn it forward and look ahead to the best week of the year rivalry week and we will pay homage to the best game of the year the egg bowl we'll be right back All right, all right, rivalry week is coming up. We we already talked about Ohio State and Michigan. We'll talk more about it during the week. That's a huge game, playoff implications. Many, many people will talk themselves into Michigan being able to win this game, and and many crossing routes will be run, and we'll see if, if Michigan can actually cover them because I need to see it to believe it. Let's talk about some of the other games. And, and one game we didn't mention from Saturday that I do think we need to point out, Clemson-Wake Forest. Clemson put the hammer down on Wake Forest, and it feels like you know Clemson has gotten some guys healthy, but also just feels like Clemson has realized, hey, we have better players than most of these teams. We should be beating them. Yeah, that was my uh, play of the week on Best on the Board podcast on the Athletic Network. I, I just saw that one coming from a mile away uh, on the road. Clemson is the most talented defense that they would have faced this year, even without uh, one of the best defensive ends in college football. Um, it seems like their offense really seemed to, I mean, I don't know if turning a corner is the right word because they crashed into the corner, but they got Will Shipley back. Who's been playing better and healthy. You know, I, it just wake Forest was a really nice story, but you know, sometimes you run into a talent wall and I know that that Clemson is a disaster in comparison to what they were supposed to be, but they're still a, what an eight and three team now. It wasn't, they it didn't are, go off the rails. They are still mathematically alive for the ACC championship game. So we'll, we'll talk about a couple rivalry week games, one actual rivalry game and one that's not, that will determine who plays for the ACC title. Uh, Clemson needs Boston College to beat Wake Forest. And I, I think what's going to happen is Wake Forest is going to beat Boston College and, and they're going to Wake Forest will go to the ACC championship game. I'm pretty sure that's, that's how that's going to go down because – I, I watched Boston College, and, and I thought with, with Phil Dracovic coming back that that was they might be a little bit different. But you know, Florida State played really well against them on Saturday. Wake's better than Florida State. I, I just BC's going to have to play a really good game to be able to beat Wake. So I think Wake wins. But if Wake, let's say let's say BC beats Wake, there's a game on Friday that also affects what happens with Clemson. North Carolina State needs to lose to North Carolina. And that NC State North Carolina game, yeah, that was a butt whooping that Mac Brown laid on Dave Doran's team last year. This is going to be a, one that I think North Carolina. This kind of feels a little bit like a lost season for them. Beating the heck out of NC State would probably make it feel a little better. So it, they've certainly got motivation in that game, and NC State also has motivation to keep itself alive to potentially play for the ACC title because I believe if NC State wins and then Wake Forest loses, NC State goes. Yeah, somebody asked us a question in the Q&A that I thought was funny. What is Dabo Sweeney's uh, message to the playoff committee going to be when they win the uh, ACC this year? He can he can deliver any message he wants. It's not going to matter. <laughs> I just want I just want to hear what people like the funny things that people can come up with. I mean, I, if I were him, I'd go with, "Well, we're the team nobody wants to play right now. We're rounding into form." <laughs> and but here here's the thing. Okay, let's talk about this. Twelve team playoff, five power five champs get in, or the six highest ranked conference champs get in. I think there's a real good chance an ACC champion Clemson would be up at like, I don't know, probably 11 or 12 and would be in the playoff. Yeah, that would be an interesting thing. 
Like, I don't know where they're going to end up, but they're going to crack the top 20 this week, probably, right? Yeah. Like, it's like if you start thinking about it in the context of where would they be if the playoff was already expanded, I don't know that they would be in the playoff, but they would be in the discussion. Maybe they would need some fireworks in their own conference, but but also, but, too. But that's, that's the team, like, a three-loss ACC champ Clemson that would wind up as, like, a 10-seed or an 11-seed in the playoff would do some damage, potentially. I also, I think that you're you would view that as a plus or a selling point for the playoff. And yes. I would view it as just like that's exactly the type of direct that you don't want in the playoff. Because but it's a it's, it's a team direct, because they're talented enough. Remember when they're fully healthy, maybe. That, yeah, played a one touchdown game against Georgia. So they're talented enough. And you're going to have situations like that when the, when the playoff expands, where a team that was supposed to be good loses a couple games and then gets hot at the end. And yeah, they could do some damage. They could go on the road and beat somebody in the playoff. And then you have a really interesting quarterfinal game that next week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's funny because uh, Clemson kicked a bunch of field goals against UConn two weeks ago. I don't know that I would necessarily call them hot. And I also think too, that you, uh, you know, have a, a scenario where you just have certain teams that just aren't, it just Clemson's not it this year. And I know we were kind of joking about what Dabo Sweeney's pitch would be. There is no pitch. They don't have it this year. No, and it's they okay have no for chance in the yeah. four team. I'm just saying, but in the 12 team, I why would, would like a team that we talented team make the playoff at the bottom of the bracket on an off year and get hot during an off year, thus rendering no off seasons for Ohio state, Alabama, Georgia, or Clemson ever again. Correct. They're the biggest beneficiaries of the expanded playoff. You know, you might think it's the group of five teams or the teams that are trying, but the biggest beneficiaries of the playoff are the teams that no longer could ever miss it. Cause when you have that level of talent, you always have a chance. Yep. There's no such thing as is missing the playoff anymore. So yeah. let's let's get to the egg bowl. I'm excited about that. Oh, I can't wait. I, I cannot wait. And you know, every I, I'm glad that that Vandy was the team Ole Miss drew this week because I would have felt bad if Ole Miss had to play, you know, a, a little bit tougher SEC opponent while Mississippi State was playing an FCS team, and then and then they have to turn around five days later and play. Like if this feels like okay. Everybody's on equal footing here. If I would have told you that a Mississippi team would finish second in the SEC West before the year started, would you have laughed at me? No, because I thought both those teams, like Ole Miss had the best quarterback and Mississippi State had a good defense and had gotten better. The, the, the but Mississippi I mean, State we're talking about LSU and Texas A&M. You were high on LSU coming into the year. I was high on LSU, but, but Auburn, you could Arkansas. have easily talked me into Matt Corral leading Ole Miss to being the second best team in the West. Yeah. That is He's the, the best toughest division without question in college football, and there's going to be a Mississippi team in second place in that. Yes, game. that's cool. I agree. Now that and I game think that matters be- too. Like people might say, well, they're not in the, they're not going to go to the SEC championship game. There's no stake. I think that being second place in that conference is an accomplishment that you should be proud of, proud as hell of. Well, for Ole Miss, it's a New Year's Six Bowl on the line. Yeah, like they win this game, they're going, they're probably going to Sugar Bowl. Like that's a big deal. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. This game is going to go and, and completely is, off the rails, though. I'm telling you, it's going to. By be the a- way, this also in a 12 team playoff. This this scenario, this Ole Miss be, is playing for a playoff spot, which would be cool. I'll give you that. Like I, I like sometimes I come across as hot and cold on the expanded playoff. There are certain things about it that I like, and there are certain things about it I don't like. One of the things I like about it is games like this that are inherently awesome are now going to have added meaning to them. Well. And, and think about this. So remember, this is the nastiest rivalry in sports. It, it really is. It's, it's, it's certainly the nastiest in college football. I, everybody's like, oh, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama. No, no, those are the best rivalries. This is the nastiest. These, these people hate each other the most. And so imagine the scenario. Ole Miss is playing for a playoff berth. Now, this, this scenario works fine, too. Ole Miss is playing probably for a spot in the Sugar Bowl. It's in Starkville. The sheer act of denying Ole Miss this is enough motivation for Mississippi State. Like, they will hold it over them forever if they deny this to them or if they deny to play it off to them down the road. I don't want to know what the total of this game is going to be. I have to know. 
Like, what, is it going to be in the like? I know that Mississippi State's actually got a pretty good defense, and Ole Miss's defense is. I don't think this is going to be. A, I don't. It's I don't not think it should be a huge number. I don't think it should be a shootout. Somewhere in the low fifties, maybe. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. It's, it's going to be crazy. I just want to know why it's going to be crazy. It's not. Is there going to be a dog peeing again? Like, I, like what are we? What are we in for? Are there we been in for two something of those. nuts? <laughs> I, I think we are. I, I really do. I it's Thanksgiving night. I know there's an NFL game now on at the same time. That's plus sort of, these teams know, also away. have to take their coaches' personality a little bit, right? I mean, you've got two of yes. the most eccentric coaching personalities in the entire sport in the same state playing in the most nasty rivalry. I mean, that's pretty cool. And the, and the weirdest part about it is those two guys really like each other. I know. Well, how could you not? <laughs> It's, they probably understand it's fascinating each other. to me. It's fascinating. Now, when they were, it, you know, if, if Lane does wind up staying at Ole Miss for a while, I think they'll recruit against each other enough that they probably won't like each other anymore. But yeah. they do like each other now. So I, I just can't wait. I, I cannot wait what a, for what that a game. It's gift be that it's on so much fun too. Like that is like very special that it's on Thanksgiving. Yeah. No, I, I, I I'm I'm very excited. This this week always just gives me. All the special feelings because you've got a holiday that's based entirely around food. You've got food and football. Football games on Thanksgiving Day. You've got football all day on Black Friday. You know, I, I like I love I love the Nebraska Iowa game. That's one of my when when they were going to move that off Black Friday. I was like, what are you doing? You can't do that. It's sad because once Thanksgiving comes, I start to get a little anxious about football ending. But it also coincides with the best time of the year. So, you know, trying to go out with a bang and I'm super excited. What are we like 14 days away from the playoff announcement? It is not long now. Yes, 14 days days away. Now, there's a hell of a coaching carousel that's going to go on between now and then probably. So and recruiting ramping up, too. There's going to be plenty to talk about here moving forward. We, We may be dropping emergency podcasts every day from now until the probably the Wednesday after Thanksgiving. So just be prepared. We're going to give you a lot to listen to. There's certainly going to be a lot to talk about. It has been a joy talking about football today. And this week is going to be spectacular. We'll talk to you soon.